We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Thursday evening. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always, and joining is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing? How are you surviving the first week of teaching? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing very, very well because my kids are awesome. Many of my students have found the podcast and the <laughs> Twitter accounts and everything. And if you're listening, hello. Do your homework. Just kidding. We don't give much homework. Um, yeah. I'll see you guys tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate all the uh, students uh, of Tyler who are watching the podcast tonight. Uh, make sure and spread the word to your friends. Tell your other teachers, tell your parents, and tell your parents to tell their friends. Appreciate the uh, free marketing there. Yeah, there you go. Actually, no. Um, just get rid of it now because the Chargers are going to lose a couple of games this year. I don't want anybody to see that side of me that when things, just, <laughs> when things aren't going so well, you know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get that bad. It doesn't get that bad. Well, 2020 says otherwise. We'll <laughs> True. 2020 was our first year, and it, it, it left some scars for sure, as uh, longtime listeners will will uh, remember from that season. So they left scars on all of us. You know, that season was not, not super fun. No. Uh, but it is what it is. So... Um, excited to be here. Excited to uh, talk about some of the stuff that's been going on uh, at Chargers training camp this week. Um, obviously, the first day of joint practices was today. So we'll have some stuff uh, to talk about from the last few practices. 
certainly some injury updates. And then we are going to uh, preview the preseason game that will be happening on Sunday. Um, just for uh, housekeeping purposes, we'll be going live later that evening on Sunday night to recap that game. And then uh, similar to this week, we'll have our kind of a deep dive into uh, the numbers and the film and stuff like that um, on the episode that will be happening on Wednesday uh, because Hot Ones is on Tuesday. Uh, so make sure and stay tuned for that one. A little bit of a better balance for kind of a recap and preview than, than we have previously on that episode. So um, just some uh, upcoming scheduling there. But um, we'll have that episode dropping on Wednesday. And then the following week is going to be just about the roster cuts that will be happening after the 49ers game. So uh, the 49ers game will be happening on Friday night. Uh, we'll see if we go live after that game. It might be Saturday morning for that one. Um, and then we'll have our reaction to the cuts uh, on Wednesday's show on the Chargers feed. I'll, I guess I'll leave it up to the chat. Should we go live right after that game that starts at 7 p.m. PST? Or would you prefer an early morning live stream? I don't care. I'm assuming <laughs> most people, especially I think, what was the most recent late game we had? Probably the Jaguars game that went kind of late-ish. Um, yeah. People showed up like it was 1030 after the Rams game, too. And we were still here and there was like 500 people. So uh, if you guys want us to go live right after the game, we can do that. We just want to ask Alex. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's probably happening at like 1030 Pacific time, like best case scenario. I I'm just I'm not going to say anything, there, but uh, I know 1030 Pacific time is, is pretty late for for some people. And it's a Friday night, so. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Alex says he's taking that day off. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. kick is 10 p.m. kick for Alex, which means you're talking about finishing at like 2 a.m. Wait. No. Yeah, one one thirty probably. one thirty ish Yeah. Yeah. So any of our East Coast listeners, I, I uh, do not envy you for that. <laughs> also, like, what the hell? Like, Friday night at 7? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, who planned this? And it's the third game, too. Like, all the narratives are probably closed. Yes. I don't know who's, like, make, maybe, like, Hightower is one more big game or something. But, <laughs> like, they're playing even fewer starters by that point. It yeah. is the bottom of the roster. Entertaining, I guess, to some sickos, like, maybe us and the people who got here. <laughs> But at a certain point, I don't know who these people are. Um, and I feel really bad. It's the guys like, oh, yeah, they signed that person three weeks ago. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, Brandon Slady said today they'll have some some tweaks with, like, rotations and things like that for um, this upcoming game. And last year, preseason week three was, like, all – like, none of the guys who, like, started the first game played in that game. So – like Zion and Jamari will not play in the week three preseason game. I don't think like Quentin Johnson will play in week three preseason game. So that's going to, that's going to be a test of uh, who can stay up that late and watch the the third and fourth stringers battle it out in San Francisco. Wait, is that, is the next, is the Monday after that Labor Day? Like the fourth, uh, right? So we would um, get a We would have like, Game this weekend, game on Friday the twenty. No, so uh, you know, <laughs> so there's game Sunday and then game Friday the twenty fifth, and then Labor Day is September fourth. Darn it! I, was saying, so I, I, I can get my sleep back on a Monday, but 
Nope. Never mind. Middle of the week. No. Um, Yeah. So that's that's upcoming schedule talk. All right. Let's uh, let's dive in today. Uh, Biggest news by far of the week. Have to talk about Austin Johnson getting off the pup list. Um, This is fantastic news. Uh, Definitely a surprise. You know, we were at practice uh, two Saturdays ago and and Austin Johnson was like not even like working out on the rehab field. He was he was just kind of like hanging around. Um, so this is this is fantastic news that Austin Johnson was back at practice today. He's officially off the pup list. I know that, that there was some confusion based off of that, but um, Papa Eric Smith, everybody has have clarified that he is off the pup list. He was practicing today with his pads. Um, it was only individual drills, according to Daniel Popper. So he didn't participate in any of the team stuff, which makes sense. But this is officially his ramp up period. So um, you were talking about the opportunity to come back on a Thursday. And then he has all of next week's practices. And then on all of the week's practices after that um, to get ready for week one, which is seems like a, a possibility. I don't know if I'm ready to predict that it will happen. Um, but this is fantastic news for Austin Johnson. Tyler, what are your thoughts to uh, this news from today? I was so surprised. You know, we had seen the video that he posted or the picture that he posted of him running with resistance and you know, mm-hmm. no brace, nothing. So I guess we figured, and I, we had also predicted, I guess, but it was a long time ago that by week one, he would be out there. But then, you know, we really haven't heard anything with, with Guyton and Otito and Austin Johnson. It was really just kind of the three guys that, it could be next week. It could be week seven. And we really didn't get any clarification. Um, but again, we saw Austin Johnson running. And here we are. Austin Johnson is out there. And as much as I've you know loved watching these D-tackles play, all the guys in the rotation, so many guys fighting for a spot, now fighting for what seems to be one spot. Yeah, uh, Austin Johnson is just different. Um, and, and you pointed out, I don't recall what the stat was, but you had pointed out the difference between Austin Johnson on the field Versus Austin Johnson when he was hurt and when he was off the field. And it's a dramatic difference. And this team, they can't waste any time in week one with having, you know, a, a few backups. It could be, I think the Chargers are going to beat the brass out of the Dolphins, honestly, week one. But it also could be a close game. I mean, this is Mike McDaniel. This is a, in theory, a very efficient offense um, that the Chargers did stymie. But, you know, there's a revenge aspect. They got to start a hot week one to really change the whole narrative. Of what their season could be, and then week two is Derrick Henry, and the whole—you I mean, you need everybody you got to stop yeah. that guy. It's not Hopkins you got to worry about; it's still Derrick Henry. So, um, I'm glad he's back. It was a surprise, and I'm, I'm a pleasant surprise for sure. Yeah, definitely a pleasant surprise. Um, Austin Johnson to me is one of the most underrated players uh, on the Chargers last season. He was, you know, to me, he was their best defensive tackle up until he got hurt. Um, and the, the way that he is able to control, um, backside tackles usually was kind of his thing. Like it's incredible to watch him just be able to control that backside of plays, um, be able to knife through and and get tackles for loss. So I I love Austin Johnson. We'll, we'll see how limited he is, um, you know, going through some things, but there's a chance that he plays in week one now. And I think that's way more than any of us could ask for. <laughs> I sent a tweet out yesterday that uh, we should start assuming that he's not even going to be ready until after the bye week because we hadn't really gotten an update. And then boom, off the pup list, has his pads. It's, <laughs> it was a great surprise. I'm, I'm very happy to be wrong in that regard. Um, in terms of roster construction, like it's it's a huge deal because you know we already knew that obviously Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, 
Scott Matlock were obviously locks to to make the roster. They signed Nick Williams. Um, mm. They're very high on Chris Hinton, and, and he's had a good camp. And so I think the Chargers would have felt good about that group of five defensive linemen heading into the season. Um, and then really it was a matter of do they keep a sixth? Do they, you know, attack waiver wires after the fact to try to get a different six member? Um, you know, David Moa has really kind of separated his separated himself from the rest of that pack. So he seemed mm-hmm. kind of likely to to be that sixth player. Um, but now that sixth player is gonna be Austin Johnson. Like this is a huge deal, even if it takes him some time to you know, work up to his previous self. Um, this this team has some really, really good depth at defensive tackle. And that was our thing way back when, when we were ranking all of the positions on the team. It was like, if we just knew that Austin Johnson could be healthy for the defensive line, we feel great about that group. And we're not all the way there yet, but we're getting close to that point. And I think that's a huge win for the Chargers heading into uh, the regular season. I'm not, they don't really need him to play week one. You know, I, I don't think that the Dolphins have that kind of attack where I'm like a, super worried about them running the football. Now that I say that, they're probably going to run for like 200 <laughs> in advance, but definitely want him back for week two. You know, going up against Derrick Henry just with a healthy Austin Johnson would just feel so much better. Yeah, I'm excited to get him back out there. Even if they don't need him week one, the Dolphins offensive line, I missed this. I guess Kevin's saying that Taron Armstead got hurt. Not that Johnson would go up against him all that much. But that offense, offensive line is is poo poo, and any <laughs> advantage, an overwhelming advantage you could have on a defensive line versus that offensive line, we saw what the Chargers did to their own offense at the scrimmage just because the two tackles were hurt. That offensive line ain't great, and if Armstead's down and you bring Austin Johnson back in, I mean it's it could be over very quickly. It could get very ugly for them. Yeah, I, I think Ian Rappaport said that the injury from Teron Armstead is not going to require surgery. So um, we'll see about his week one status. But, I mean, Teron Armstead has a tendency to get hurt. He's missed, like, I think it's like 18 games over the last three seasons. So it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like you, when he's there, you have an elite left tackle, but he's probably going to miss five, six games a year. So um, that that offensive line is is kind of a mess, even if he does play. Like, I think, you know, you want to feel bad about an offensive line, go watch the Dolphins film. (laughs) It's it's not pretty. (laughs) Yeah, they got better last year. Yeah. Yeah. So um very excited for Austin Johnson. You know, very positive news. Um, mm-hmm. The defensive line today kind of branching off of this looked fantastic. Uh, Morgan Fox had a sack today. Khalil Mack had a, a sack, which ended up in a Derwin James interception. Um, Coach Ed, who trains a bunch of the Chargers, said that they were ferocious today. And that includes the Apparently, all the guys that he trains, which is uh, obviously <laughs> three starters, today, Christian, Christopher Hinton, Morgan Fox, <laughs> Khalil Mack. So, yeah, um, we've we've talked about just kind of like the edge depth and the, the the defensive tackle depth a lot, but like this defensive line, if everything kind of clicks together, could be really, really, really good and could give the Chargers a, a pretty significant advantage on a week to week basis. Yeah, they never really got to have a trio that expressed itself at its highest level last year. It was. Okay, we're going to figure out Jerry Tillery. That didn't work. Right. Morgan Fox is rotating in. Austin Johnson starts hot, but then he gets hurt. Sebastian Joseph Day maybe starts a bit slower, really turns it on the second half of the year. Now they should be kind of all firing on all cylinders, not to mm-hmm. mention your, your two edge rushers are healthy. So yeah. it's it, it should be everything that they've wanted, everything that Brandon Staley has wanted. 
and it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And like, we talk so much about these guys who are like battling for positions and roster death and stuff like that. But uh, Morgan Fox has had an, an awesome camp. Like he's, yeah. he's getting tackles for losses and sacks like every single day in practice. It feels like um, Sebastian Joseph day had the little uh, minor injury. He's back. I think today I saw at least one tackle for loss that was written about, mm-hmm. you know, Khalil Mack has been fantastic in practice. So is Joey Bosa. Like, this group could be really, really great on paper. And like you said, you know, they're they're going to be able to have this kind of ramp-up period where which they didn't really have last year. And this is something that Khalil Mack talked about with Albert Breer is that at this time last year, he was about 250, you know, coming off of the injury rehab from the foot injury from the previous season. You know, he didn't really have a full off-season because he was, like I said, focusing on that rehab. And now he's apparently almost like 270. He's like 265, 268, according to I didn't realize he article. Up too. Okay. So him and Joey have both put on a lot of size. And I think that's, you know, really showing up in the run game today and the run defense this season. Um, you know, there was that uh, great rep that Klumac had today against Trevor Penny, which forced the interception. Um, the power that these two can play with is just outstanding. And, you know, this this defensive line really goes, honestly, like six, seven deep. And I think people should be very excited about it. Yeah. And then you just saw the two edge rushers the last preseason game do great. The backup edge rushers, obviously, they were great. Yeah. So um, from an offensive perspective, in terms of health updates, Joshua Palmer and John Hightower have been working their way back into practices. Both participated today. Um, I don't believe John Hightower is back in team drills yet, but um, Joshua Palmer was in team drills today. So getting a little bit healthier on offense as well. Do you think John Hightower has to play on Sunday for him to make the roster? Or do you think they would have already determined that kind of through this point? I think he does. I think he has to play this week because next week... uh, I don't think next week against the 49ers, we're going to see a ton of like key contributors. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like this week, maybe Zion and Jamari still play a little bit. Um, you know, maybe we see some, maybe we week three, we see a lot of Max Duggan reps. And so there's probably not going to be a ton of opportunities for John Hightower in week three. So I, I do think that he, he needs to play to solidify his chance on, on Sunday against the saints. Yeah, well, I hope he does. It's been a, it's been a great story, yeah. and I hate seeing. I mean, in twenty twenty one, it was Austin Prohl. It was great, awesome. Got hurt, cut before even like this third preseason game. So hopefully Hightower can get out there and prove himself. Yeah, and just to clarify, Hightower was out there today. I don't believe I saw him any reports that he was doing team drills, though. My understanding is that he was doing individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, he participated in some one-on-ones, but no team drills. That's that's the vibe that I got. I could be wrong though. And then nothing on Jalen. Nothing on Jalen. Otito and Jalen. There's there have been no updates. Um, Otito has barely been out there. So you know, uh, Nick Neiman was in the rehab thing today, which is curious i would be i would love to hear an update about how Deion Henley looked today working with the second team because he's mostly been with the third team defense mm-hmm. um but uh yeah other than that i don't know 
much else in terms of injury front. Oh, uh, Dustin Hopkins kicked today. He was four of six. So this was his first practice kicking in like a month. So that's good news for him. Oh, yeah. Alohi. That's who I was thinking of. Not offense. Oh. Yeah. So Alohi has a knee contusion. He was seen at practice today. He was out there. He had a knee sleeve on, which at least he was out there. Uh, Brandon Staley asked was asked if it's a concern, and he basically just said no. Uh, so, uh, Alohi probably similar situation to, you know, Sebastian just a day where he misses a couple of practices and Alohi's probably back next week. It, yeah, I guess we'll know week one, but, or, or in the next few weeks when he practices, it's not like, I don't think they would sign a safety in a corresponding sort of move as kind of backup. Cause they just have a guy like Mark Webb who would mm-hmm. make it if something were up. So I guess we'll just find out in the coming weeks. But I'm glad that Sally says he's not concerned. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So uh, I, I forgot this happened too. Apparently, Mark Webb had a, a minor groin injury today. So he did not finish practice. But Brandon Staley again said that he was not concerned. So safety group today was Derwin and then JT Woods and Raheem Lane playing with the first team defense. Hmm. That's such a bummer for Mark Webb, dude. Like, I don't think it's it, that's three training camps in a row, right? Where he's now it doesn't seem as serious right now, but you know no. you know how it goes. But still, yeah. three years in a row of getting hurt is a bummer. Yeah. Um, for those wondering, in terms of uh, how Cameron Dicker has fared, he was excellent. Again, he's had a fantastic camp. Um, you know, he's at around ninety percent on the the whole. The whole process um, today, he was perfect six for six, I believe, including mm. two past 50. So um, this is I, I think this is all wrapped up. I think it's great that Dustin Hopkins can get out there if he can kick in a preseason game and show teams that he's healthy. Uh, maybe we can convince somebody to throw us a conditional seventh round pick. But I, I don't feel great about uh, his any kind of trade value for him right now with how injured he's been and the lack of uh kicks that teams will have seen out of him this year so yeah unfortunate but uh it's probably trending towards dustin hopkins just straight up being a cut candidate yeah understandable unfortunate appreciate the last i mean last time we saw him was a great moment in chargers kicking when there are very few moments i feel like um so i appreciate him but i think i think it's it's time it's it's yeah. it's on to the next guy um, Tyler, any takeaways that you want to bring up from this week of practice before we dive into the preseason game? Um, not a takeaway from the practice. It's more like because of what we've seen in practice, particularly today with a player that was mentioned, I want to see this player extend and do well in the preseason coming up. Ooh, you so you that is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if you want to like preview the whole thing first. Um, it's JT Woods, um, yeah. a, a player who had a better day than everyone everyone talked about but the penalty and slapping a dude in the face and getting that unsportsmanlike conduct overshadowed it and kind of rightfully so that was a boneheaded dumb move you can't do that i don't care if it's ticky tacky it's called so you can't do that but i thought even just watching it live like hey dt woods number 22 is flashing all over the screen he's in position or he's making the play and today it seemed like there was a you know a a two-yard game by camara he was there for um, mm-hmm. another like run stuff another short screen that dropped before the first down marker like he was very active today and in particular daniel popper said the word physical there was physicality 
with JT Woods and how he was playing. I don't know how much, how physical they could get, but it seemed like he was being very physical during the practice, during that joint practice, which is great. We've seen some progression for him against the run and against screens, everything in front of him. And that's great. Like, are you working as a center fielder in that regard is awesome. Something he really needed to work on. So I thought he had a good preseason debut that was overshadowed by a penalty. Now he's got a good practice against the Saints, against some real action as the second safety. And so I want to see that continue. I really want to see him take that step forward and have a nice, clean game. Yeah, I think with JT, like the concern has always been the physicality. Like, I think everybody kind of felt comfortable with like his range and his speed and his ball skills, his ability to diagnose back there. Um, but the physicality was always a concern because he was a track athlete. There was like, he's not very built, you know, he's, he's very lanky, very skinny guy. And so to see the way that he played against the Rams was very encouraging because I felt like he, there was a clear attitude out there. Um, definitely got to hone it in, but, but, you know, you could see him talking trash. You could see him being up there, being physical, um his run stop at the goal line was a fantastic diagnose you know he really made that play and finished it off strong and you know allowed the chargers defense to you know have another situation to try and uh, live for another day um and then today having the, the physical practice i think this is a, a very positive development for him um you know we've we've not been super positive believers in jt woods this year but you know, he's done everything I think you could have asked for. He's improved. He's getting better every single week in practice. He's answering questions uh, in terms of his play style that I think needed to be answered. Um, I would love to see him get targeted more because I do like I do want to see that playmaking ability come to fruition. And we've seen, you know, a couple of glimpses here and there with some pass breakups and some chances for some interceptions. Um but that that's what I want. I want to see him kind of put together a complete game on Sunday and, and be able to get a chance to uh, be targeted deep. Um, you know, how does he handle, you know, a play where he kind of has to track the ball and, and use his range? You know, how does he handle covering a tight end? You know, um, there was a, a rep today, I guess, that Juwan Johnson shook him pretty good, but that happens. You know, it's a one-on-one yeah. drill. Um, but it, it's been an encouraging summer for JT Woods. Like, without a doubt, you know, he's improving. He looks more comfortable out there, more confident, more physical. Um, now we just need to see him put together some complete games, and I think he's you know, taking some steps towards doing that. Yeah, I, I, we heard nothing from the coaches about really much positive about JT Woods. It was just kind of a, a brief thing that they would say, very coach speak, not much added to it. So we were all just kind of like, oh, I don't really know what that means, and he barely played the fewest snaps of any third-round rookie of the Telesco era, and that includes some very not-so-great picks. Um, so for him to play even fewer than some of these guys is, was something, an eyebrow-raising, and then he wasn't even active. Raheem Lane was active. And I, I got to say, he's done a lot this year to really change, not a lot, okay, he hasn't changed it a lot, but he's done a lot to start to change my perspective of, of at least how I, I see him. And again, Derek Ansley, Brandon Staley, whoever you want to give credit to, these guys are doing a good job developing these DBs, and I think JT Woods taking another step forward is awesome for this team. Yeah, yeah, I do want to uh, address this kind of getting back to the practice a little bit. Um, Matt talking about being the offensive performance today, being dink and dunk, some batted balls, lots of sacks. Defense was dominant. I think if you read the Charger side of things, it's kind of the same thing with the defense dominating. You know, this is for me like the story or the script of joint practices is always the same 
the first day of the joint practices, the defenses are both lights out. There's lots of sacks, there's drops, there's whatever. And then the second day, the offenses respond. And hopefully that's what happens here. These offenses come into these situations and they don't prepare. Like this isn't like they're watching film. They're trying to game plan. They're trying to diagnose things. They offenses want to come into these situations completely blind face these problems, see how these teams are kind of defending them from a from a matchup standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. You know, watch the film later that night, and then the following day respond to how that team is playing them. So the Saints defense in particular is very, very aggressive. They are mm-hmm. a team that likes to blitz a lot. And they are a team that likes to throw a lot of different looks at everybody that they play against. So the offense has... They, they come into this blind. They have no way to diagnose all of these pressures, simulated pressures, blitz packages, everything like that. No coverages, nothing. So tomorrow, the offense is going to have some things to be able to build upon, prepare for, and be presumably better tomorrow. So I would love to see offenses come out and, and perform great and light it up. And there are certainly some good moments. Sounds like Keenan Allen in particular had himself a really solid day. But anyone expecting offenses to come into these joint practices and just light up the other defense, I, I think you need to take a step back and realize that there's no preparation here for how the other teams are going to come in and play them. So the key things are how how do these Chargers units respond to whatever the Saints were throwing at them? And the defense had a good day today. Can they string to another string together another good day? And the Chargers offense, can they respond to how the Saints defense is playing them? the physicality, the blitz packages, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, this is still practice because the Chargers offense has had some bad practices against the Chargers defense. Like this is mm-hmm. just how you kind of workshop everything. And, you know, we do have to remember that this is a first time offense that is coming together. There's a lot of player continuity, but this is the first year that they're doing the Kellen Moore experience. There's going to be some rough moments in in practices. And I wish I could sit here and say everything in the season is going to be perfect. But it's just not like this is a first year offense and sometimes things are going to get a little messier than we would all like. And and unfortunately, that's kind of sounds like what today was. Yeah, I didn't follow much of the practice. I was working and I couldn't (laughs) say, but, you know, Daniel Popper was watching the defense today. So we didn't really get much of a read on the offense. Um, And all I had seen and heard was that Keenan Allen was shredding this guy and Keenan Allen was making this highlight catch and everyone's posting the one handed catch. I figured. Okay, great. You know, I don't know what went well, but it seemed like Herbert to Keenan Allen was good, and it was. So it's kind of a, a bummer to hear that the offense wasn't so hot. But like you said, it's much ado about nothing. Um, Daniel Popper will be watching the offense tomorrow. You know, if he sees that like protection's an issue, you know, that would stink. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, workshop it, get better, learn, and move on from there. Yeah, I mean, we saw the Chargers offense be very, very bad against the Cowboys in practice last year on the first day. Second day, they were able to respond and, you know, be able to scheme up for some solutions to what the Cowboys were doing on defense from a pass rush standpoint. And and that's really what you're looking for. How does your unit respond and are they able to to do some things? So uh, Mm -hmm. Adrian saying in the chat that the run game looked good today. I I think you you take that. You know, this is. Again, you're you're starting basically from zero with like no film or anything about these this defense. So if you have a good run game show up today, I think that's a win. You have Keenan Allen dominating, I think that's a win. And then tomorrow you build off some things and you have a better day. Seems to be a common theme of this run game starting to I don't know if it's better than the passing offense, but 
because you can't sack the quarterback and Herbert's not going to scramble and whatever. I don't know. Uh, do you think the run game will actually start better off than the passing game to start the year, considering the offensive line strengths? Mm, I guess that depends on how we're defining like better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if like the run game carried the, the offense a little bit the first couple of weeks. But also like these receivers are so freaking good that if, you know, like Justin Herbert throws for 400 yards in the first game, I wouldn't <laughs> be all surprised by that. So yeah. Um, I think from like a schematic standpoint, there's just going to be much, there's going to be more connected, connective tissue, I think in the run game, because it's just kind of, there's not as many layers to it. It's more about physicality, timing, stuff like that. Easier to learn, but, um, yeah, I I think the passing game will be fine. It will have some tough moments here and there, I think, but, um, overall, I think the offense is going to be lights out for the most part. Yeah, I agree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So you brought up JT Woods. Um, in terms of this upcoming preseason game, you know, uh, I would love to see how these backup edge rushers continue to build off of what they were able to do. Last week, you know, there's a lot of skepticism about um, Chris Rump and what he's been able to do, and I understand that. Uh, the the two of us on this show were not super high on Chris Rump heading into the season, but he's shown some real growth. And so the Rams were kind of playing some some backup tackles. I would love to see Chris Rump getting some reps against, like, Trevor Penning, who is going to be a, a starting offensive tackle for the Saints this year. Um, what does he look like against somebody who's – presumably a little bit more comfortable in his own skin in the NFL, presumably somebody who's stronger, more powerful, more explosive. Um, so this is a, a, a big opportunity for Chris Rumpf. Again, like I understand the skepticism, um, but he's shown some real drastic improvement from a technicality standpoint, from a physicality standpoint. So I want to see that uh, continue and not just have like effort sacks, effort pressures, which is kind of the case what he did uh, last preseason. So him and Thule, I thought on rewatch, I don't know about you, I thought Thule was kind of just okay. You know, there was mm. it was more about, like, just his effort. Um, but he didn't really have, like, a win. Like, there wasn't, mm. like, a time where he just, like, beat an offensive tackle or beat a guard. So I want to see Thule maybe respond a little bit in that regard. And then uh, I was super impressed with Carlo, Kemp, with Carlo Kemp on tape as well. And I thought that he had some really good rushes. Want to see that continue. Um, so this is, uh, you know these young players it's all about like stacking positive performances up and i think this is another great opportunity for these edge rushers 
Yeah, Penning is a legit good test for them. Not because he's elite by any means, but highly drafted guy, organization that's good at developing offensive linemen. He's going to play a good amount. Very talented guy. I haven't heard much. Like I don't see like Popper's report other than maybe the Khalil Mack play a whole lot about Trevor Penning, but I am really curious what he looks like. The year of development, how does he look against some of these guys? Um, And then revisiting old friend Storm Norton out there. (laughs) I forgot Uh, about that. (laughs) Yeah, so Storm Norton will be out there and, uh, you know, have at it. Uh, Go for it. He's on the opposing team now, so go beat him. I think the Saints are planning on playing like a, a good amount of starters. Like they generally believe in playing starters in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Derek Carr and all them played like at least a full quarter, if not more than that, uh, last week. So, um, you know, if you're a backup player, like this is a, a great chance to, you know, show your worth a little bit against the starting offense and starting defense because these joint practices, it's ones against ones, twos against twos. Like you're not seeing a whole lot of, you know, backups against these starting players. So, um obviously last year when the Chargers and Saints played each other in the preseason game was the first quarter was a, a little rough <laughs> so yeah. um hopefully the backups are are ready to rock this week and I would love to see another great showing particularly from the defensive line yeah defensive line D tackles Ed rushers all those guys good test good test all right Tyler what else are you looking for on uh Saturday night or excuse me Sunday afternoon yeah, it's all good. Is um, is Elijah Dotson for real? First of all, everyone in the Chargers channel, I apologize that we did not mention him once. I saw your comments. Yeah. I think we've talked about him 37 times. I just forgot him that one time. Oops. He had a great day. Of course, we all saw it. But is he for real? He's currently second in the NFL in the preseason in yards. I think second in yards per attempt or he's tied for yards per attempt or whatever. Um, the difference this year, or this excuse me, this week, is that they cut Larry Roundtree and... Which I don't we have really, not really talked about a lot. Yeah, which is, I guess a, it's not a surprise, but like I am surprised that it happened at this point. Um, he certainly was not the running back that succeeded very much uh, against the Rams. It was kind of a struggle. I always feel bad. There are some players, I kind of felt this way when Easton Stick used to sub in. Like, okay, the Tyrod Taylor or whoever it is, Geno Smith, you know, goes out or whoever the backup was. And then Easton Stick goes in, the offensive line gets him killed. And I feel like with Roundtree sometimes... It's just like bad luck. The offensive line goes in, doesn't perform so hot. So I, I want to see now they've cut Larry Roundtree and just left it wide open for Elijah Dotson. And it really feels like if you impress me enough, you can make the team. Here's the spot. We'll give it to you mm-hmm. if you earn it. And if not, it's okay. We'll give it to somebody else. You're definitely making the practice squad at this point. But it just feels like they really opened up the door for him to force their hand. And like they want him to force their hands and i get it eckler's gone next year kelly is at least projected to be gone next year technically don't know everything about isaiah spiller although you feel good yeah. about him so is elijah dotson for real can he be another guy can he be next year's i don't know isaiah spiller or something and their future austin eckler who knows so can he keep it up yeah i i understand why people wanted us to talk about him more on the chargers channel um i feel like we talked about him a, a lot on our instant reaction pod um, and in those segments where we wanted to, you know, give game balls and things like that, like after watching film, like uh, you just talk about different players, right? Because you, the yeah, broadcasting limits you to so much. Um, so I understand, you know, we definitely should have mentioned him, but um, I thought that his performance was a tad overrated. Um, I know what in you mean. terms of 
Like everybody's like, oh, like he's gonna make the roster. Like this is like he's he's excellent. Like this is so great. Like don't get me wrong. Like he surprised me. Like I didn't think that he had that kind of juice to him and that speed, which is fantastic to see. But both of those runs were like the cutback lane was so obvious and so glaring. Like nobody was over there on either side. Like he didn't make anybody miss. He didn't run anybody over. I don't want to shit on his performance. Like it was really cool to see. It was a great moment. But for me to like really get aboard like him making the roster like i need to see him overcome some adversity i need to see him be, be a little bit more physical between the tackles which he's had some moments in in training camp for sure um but like isaiah spiller could have scored those touchdowns joshua kelly could, could have scored those touchdowns like frankly larry roundtree probably could have too um probably not the first one but the second one like he was he was wide open like nobody was within 10 yards of him so i, I want to see him run between the tackles because that's what this team is going to do i want to see him you know make somebody miss in the hole i want to see him run somebody over like i just i I was very surprised very happy about his performance but i'm not ready to get there where like he's going to make the roster like people were in our comments saying that he was going to overtake joshua kelly and i'm like what are we like pump the brakes like very cool story very cool moment but i need to see more before i'm ready to proclaim him like the next austin eckler yeah, you know, I get it. If you're not a practice or you didn't watch, I forget which North school he's from. North Northern Colorado. Okay, he's the Colorado one. I got. I can't yeah. track all these Northern yeah. ones. I, I get it. You didn't watch any of that. Totally fine. Um, so it's a surprise. You see this guy who has speed. It's almost like watching Quentin for the first time out there on the field or Darius Davis. We go, that's a different gear. We don't have that. So I understand why people wanted him to make the roster. 100%. But yeah, definitely, definitely pump the brakes on the whole like, wow, he should be RB2 or, <laughs> or whatever, or that he's going to be Austin Eckler next year. I don't know about that. I hope he is. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Problem solved. But, you know, like you said, I do want to see a bit more. Um, if jo- I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Joshua Kelly doesn't play like the third game. I just feel like unless something drastically changes, that's. No kind of his job wrapped up spiller needs the reps kelly he just kind of is what he is yeah. uh, for better or worse he's he's your rp2 right now so i think dotson will get a lot more run in that game so they, well and then it's a bodies issue because then it would just be spiller and dotson because Hoosman's hurt roundtree's cut if you don't never mind kelly's gonna play in week three never mind they have to well have i mean bodies. they have they have the the kid who they signed who used to be on the Cowboys last year. Uh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Uh, they signed a running back? Yeah. <laughs> when was this? Uh, that was the corresponding move. Um, what? Let me look it up. I'm Someone in the chat, help me. What happened? Just so focused on teaching. Was this recent? Yes, it was this week. It was like Monday. The uh, Aaron Aaron Champ Champklin Shamklin. Am I getting uh, punked? What? No, 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 you're you're definitely not getting punked. Uh, he was on the USFL Houston Gamblers uh, this season, and then he was on the uh, Cowboys uh, last year, last preseason. Cool. So he's uh, he's kind of uh, same kind of build in terms of. A little bit smaller, a little bit faster. Mm. So I, I don't think they necessarily have to play Joshua Kelly that week. Um, Tyler Hoosman getting healthy would definitely help that. But 
I think you can give Spiller, uh, Dotson, Shamklin, and maybe Huseman if he's healthy, all those reps in week three. Hmm. Okay. Uh, also, they did sign a uh, corner. I don't know if you saw that I one. Saw that uh, one I saw. That one is not a surprise to me. Matt Hankins coming out of Iowa. I <laughs> The first thing, obviously, like I Googled the guy, and I was like, the first one that came up from Matt Hankins was uh, an older white gentleman. <laughs> so I was super confused. I was like, huh? Because it was a different – it was like a linebacker from Iowa from like the early 2000s, I guess. Oh. So, yeah, it was, was very confused, but uh, – this one is uh, an undrafted free agent who spent training camp with the Falcons last year and was uh, also on the Birmingham Stallions in the USFL in spring. They'll sign every Birmingham Stallion, but the one I want them to sign. <laughs> They'll do anything but sign Bobby Holly. Uh, hey, man, I would love Bobby Holly on this team right now. Play some H-back. Let's go. Oh. It's all right. We don't need players that can pull trucks. Or block. <laughs> damn well there's that too <laughs> um all right uh i forget who which one of us is is up for the preseason uh what we're looking i said for. dotson so i think it's you okay okay um all right so um i'm having a hard time getting back on track i apologize um all right preseason uh what we're looking what i'm looking forward to this week uh, i'm gonna go back to the defense i want to see this linebacker duo presumably i don't know the status of nick neiman if he's going to be able to get back in time to play so presumably that means a lot more snaps for dan henley with the second team defense i thought dan henley's performance against the rams was pretty up and down there were some really great moments of physicality in terms of him coming downhill and and taking on a pulling guard there was one rep where he he, he punished the the guard back a couple yards um there was another time where he had a uh, rush and a, and, a, and a bull rush against the running back that I thought was really great. Obviously, he had a couple uh, pass breakups. There were some other moments, too, where I think he was just kind of like the schematics were a little overwhelming for him um, and also trying to call plays for the first time probably in his life. Um, so this, you know, being able to play next to Eamon and not having to deal with all of that. I think is going to be a much more conducive uh, environment for him to have an effective game. Um, so I'm excited to see what Dan can do in week two, you know, gets, get a little bit more comfortable. And then I talked about Eamon on the Chargers show. Like to me, he was probably the best defensive player of that game against the Rams. Can that be something that he builds off of? Because this team is going to need linebacker depth. Like, you know, Eric Hendricks is an older player. I hope that he stays healthy. He, he has a strong history of staying healthy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these older players age differently. You never know. And Kenneth Murray has an injury history as well, something that Daniel Popper talked about in, in his article, which was fan, a fantastic read. Um, so they're going to need linebacker depth. And if push comes to shove, like, I want to know if Eamon can be that reliable backup who we've seen in the past, you know, whether it be Kaiser White, or Tranquil, um, be able to come in and, and become a reliable starter. So this linebacker duo of Eamon and and, and uh, Henley certainly have my attention this week against the Rams. Uh, again, you're going up against the probably starting offense of the Saints. You know, how do you handle diagnosing against a Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara situation with, mm-hmm. with that offense? And can you take on blocks against starting offensive linemen versus backup offensive linemen? Like, I think this is a, a huge opportunity for for those two players. Yeah, I don't want to see it as like a narrative changing potential game because they they are who they are. They're not going to start. 
but I, I feel like someone like Deion Henley, everyone wants him to be that next guy, and I totally get it, but we'll kind of find out where he's at a bit against some of the preseason starters. Um, and then Eamon, what can he be? I'm, I'm really glad that you pointed him out. I still have not gone back to watch him specifically, but it's great to hear that he was as good as you said he was and as productive as he was. I remember him being on the screen and making plays, but I never really strung together how impactful he was just sort of here is making those progressions is really cool yeah and i think like you can certainly point to some of the edge rushers in that one but chris from didn't really play a whole lot um so i i thought amen just like was was so consistent but um you know we'll see what this one happens because there there definitely has been some up and ups and downs for him when he's gotten the chance previously um granted there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity this past season um, so to see him come into his own, I think would be huge for this defense because I mean, we all ranked linebacker kind of very low on the list in terms of like how we value their depth and things like that. So having Amen become a reliable player, I think will be a great outcome for this team. Yeah. Uh, my pivot point, but the next thing continue with backups. And as Mark Matlock points out backup offensive lineman, although you said Bailey played well, clap played well, you, you think really the. In general, the backup group played pretty solid, particularly in the interior. The one guy, and I, I asked you on the spot on the Chargers show, is Foster Serrell. And yeah. it wasn't the debut that we wanted. It was three pressures and a sack and not so great against the run. And I think his PBE right now is actually worse than it's been in preseasons in the past. You know, we saw Trey Pipkins go from three pressures and a sack or a penalty per game to one pressure in the entire preseason last year. And, you know, different players right more time in the league more reps etc sure but i it was disappointing as you said it wasn't what you had hoped for it wasn't what we had hoped for hearing that he was you know more improved player now maybe he is stuff happens right you, bad game who knows but i i really i really really gotta see a, a good version of foster sarah out there the next couple of games because you know, we've, we've seen practice we watch the scrimmage not as much on foster Serrell. But it it has to look better than it did is basically the only way I can say that. Yeah, you know, Austin Pleasance, the the other tackle who's kind of competing supposedly for the swing spot. Um, he was he wasn't credited with a single pressure, I think, but he there were definitely two times that he got beat pretty badly. Um, this this tackle duo, I just I don't feel great about. I, I think Foster has some potential to work with. Like I think he has taken some has made some serious strides this year but there's still so many technical issues like his his balance is pretty off his hand striking timing is is not great like i i think he, there's a lot of lunging that happens still i think you feel great about his athleticism and and like i said there's definitely some potential there but that to me is like somebody who should be your fourth tackle not your third tackle and you know again there's a lot of like jamari can play tackle zach bailey can play tackle jordan mcfadden can play tackle but Foster has been the guy. He is the swing tackle for this team. And I don't think that they would pivot right away to one of those other options if something happened to uh, Rashawn or Trey. I think the pivot would be Foster. I think he mm -hmm. is the team swing tackle. And so it's just, it's it's disappointing. You know, we, we highlighted the, the offensive tackle depth all offseason long. And everything was like, well, just give Foster a chance. Give Foster a chance. And his scrimmage was up and down. His preseason game was up and down. His practices have been up and down. It's just, I feel like there's a long way for him to go. 
And it's it's unfortunate because, like I said, I think he is the swing tackle. He's the first guy who's going to come in for for an injury. And so it's it's disappointing. I'm ho- I'm hoping he can rebound, but again, this week he's this week he's going to go up against some starting caliber defensive tackles or excuse me, defensive ends. I don't think he's going to see much of Cam Jordan because Cam Jordan plays like exclusively against right tackles. <laughs> he does not move sides. So, you know, him against Carl Granderson, him against the kid from uh, from Houston that we liked, uh, Peyton Turner. You know, this is a group of, of Saints pass rushers that are like powerful, bigger, bruising edge rushers. And those are guys that have given Foster Sorrell a lot of problems. And so I hope that he performs well. Because the Chargers need him. They they don't have any other choice. But it has not been the summer that I was hoping for for Foster Sorrell up to this point. Do you think that they'll ever give him a shot at right tackle in the preseason? So I, I thought they did last year, but I guess he only had uh, only left tackle snaps. 139 at left tackle, 53 at left tackle so far this year. Do you think he gets to run a right tackle at all? Because he started the training camp at right tackle. Um, yeah, he started training camp at right tackle. I wonder why that... Because was it Andrew Trainer who was the second team left tackle? Yeah, it, when when Pipkins was hurt, and then when they when they rotated, yeah, it was it was Sarah at right tackle, Trainer almost exclusively left tackle, and yeah. then even then, like I think Bailey or Pleasance also got some run at right tackle. So, yeah, I, I mean, he's if he's the swing tackle, he's got to know how to play both. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. it it doesn't seem like they're rotating right now. It seems like it's Foster at left and Austin Pleasant at right. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like I would love to see him get some game reps at right tackle. Although he did do that last year, but yeah, yeah it's just, it's just disappointing. I, I you know I was hoping for another Duke miracle, and and maybe that can happen next year. But it's it's frustrating right now to watch what he put out against the Rams. Yeah. All right. Anything happier, Stephen? Right, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely excited to see what Jordan McFadden can do. I, I thought that there cool. were some really good moments against the Rams. You know, the the whole the two holding penalties, I think, is just kind of like a timing issue, which I think I think you can correct the holding penalties. Uh, it sucks that it happened on a big Isaiah Spiller touchdown <laughs> run, um, but I think you saw some really explosive moments from him. Um, you know, he got to pull a couple times, which is, it's so funny. There was that clip from Nate Tice where Zion was like, so ready to pull. Like he was just so amped up. Uh, and Jordan McFadden was the same way. Like it must've just been like, pull the left guard day. I don't know. Um, but (laughs) I I thought there were some really good moments. You know, he had a a great backside, uh, second level reach block, which I, which led to Isaiah Spiller, you know, getting like a seven, eight yard run. I thought Isaiah did a really good job setting up as well. Um, there was a great combo block between McFadden and Clapp, uh, where Joshua Kelly ran left for like six, seven yards. Um, I thought he had some good reps against Kobe Turner, who's the the Rams defensive tackle rookie from um, Wake Forest, who you know I, I know the Boule guys like. So there were some really good moments from from McFadden. Definitely some learning experiences. That was his first time playing guard, I think, ever uh, in a real game. So I, I want to see him respond, and I think he will. You know. Corey Lindsley, when we were down in practice, said that McFadden has had some great moments all throughout the summer and the spring at guard, maybe a little bit overwhelmed at tackle. And I think that's that's okay. You want to like yeah. kind of hone him in right now at left guard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think him and Zion have some some pretty similar athletic profiles. So it's a pretty clean transition if McFadden does have to play. 
Um, but I, I like McFadden, man. I thought he showed, he showed some encouraging signs, and I think this is something that he can uh, build off throughout the rest of the preseason. Yeah, he's got a ways to go, but day three pick who's transitioning to guard, they're going for traits here. They're going for the traits that he displayed, and yeah. I, I'm glad that he was showing them off. I, I actually did not see that Zion clip until you mentioned it. I, <laughs> um, I just I had to Google it while you I had to look it up on Twitter while you were talking about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's some fun stuff, man. That's that's the guy who's back to playing where he played a thousand snaps at Boston College, and it's very comfortable doing so. Uh, that was that was fun to watch. I was not as good as Christian Darrison's rep today, uh, but still pretty good from Zion. Yeah, Zion just he looked much more comfortable. I thought that he was very under control. Nobody beat him that game, so <laughs> I know that everybody was kind of freaking about uh, you know him losing a one on one one on one rep to CJ Okoye, but like shit happens it's one-on-one practices like i don't really care honestly and yeah, cj okoye is also like 307 pounds <laughs> or something like six seven three he's 340 pounds he said on the rich yeah. island show yeah <laughs> everybody's losing at some point right yeah yeah it's one-on-ones it is what it is but yeah um yeah i i'm very excited about this backup into your into your mm-hmm. offensive line trio and i said this on the charters feed but um you know, I think people should feel really good about Will Clapp as a backup center. I think people should feel really good about Zach Bailey as a backup guard. And I think uh, and uh, Jordan McFadden is, is really getting there as well. Love it. Uh, person I'm obviously looking to hope to, I don't know if is rebound the right word, continue the right word. It's Quentin Johnston. I don't know what you want to call his performance up and I down. I think rebound is fair. Yeah, rebound, which he did. Continue the rebound that he kind of finished the game with, hopefully with both of his shoes tied. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you do when your first debut is a bit of a mess until it really wasn't? Um, he was only credited with one drop on PFF, but over two uncontested catches, which I think is fair. I think that's fine. It really wasn't as much the drops on some of them as much as it was he just couldn't come up with the play. Yeah, um, and, and that's 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 him that's him look at his pff stats and everything that we saw in college that's what he wasn't great at so do i need him to be mike williams and have all these great back shoulder fades and you know jump ball opportunities no but you know can we string some good plays together can you rebound i don't need 100 yards out of him just can you take that next step it looked like it was a lot for him that's okay no problem you're a rookie and i think that game was the first time he was ever allowed to be tackled in the NFL because they weren't tackling in training camp. So it's the first time he really, really got to be hit and tackled. And he caught that, you know, the, got the screen, turns around, there's three Rams defenders all over him, you know? So it's, hello, here you go. So I want to see how he rebounds um, from what was mostly just a down game until it wasn't. Yeah, there was an article on The Athletic where all of their reporters did like highlights on um, each of the first round picks and like seeing how they were doing and things like that. And I thought Daniel Popper, Daniel Popper, excuse me, uh, summed it up pretty well in what he was, what he wrote that Quentin Johnson has been very explosive. We all kind of knew that that was the case, right? Like we all kind of knew that about the athleticism. Um, but he highlighted that Quentin Johnson has been, you know, much further along as a separator, as a route runner than most of us were hoping, you know, and he's shown a lot of great signs in that regard. His route against, the Rams that he scored on was a fantastic route. It was a great release off the line of scrimmage. You know, he, he went into that tight window and, and obviously made made the catch. So 
there's a lot of times where Quentin has had uh, some learning moments, um, certainly with the drops. I guess today in practice, he's uh, having some tough times against, you know, physical defensive backs, which I'm not super surprised at given his his lack of size, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Saints DBs, they have a lot of physical corners, man. They, they love do. those physical corners. Marcus Lattimore, Alonta Taylor, Paul Sanadibo. Those are all guys who love to press. So I'm not super surprised by that if that was the case. Um, but again, like he's going to see them at the game on Sunday night. Easton Stick coming off a great performance. Like I would love to see him get some great opportunities. And I think he will get that chance today or not today on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think so. And thankfully the quarterback is playing well. So I should yeah. be able to get some targets and some good targets. Yep. I guess Joshua Palmer looked great today too. So because he's good. He's actually <laughs> he's a good, good player, guy. man. <laughs> <laughs> this receiver core, man, it can be such a special unit if everything clicks together and they stay healthy-ish. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, Tyler. Uh, any other thoughts before we uh head out for tonight? No, I think I'm out of thoughts. I think I'm out of thoughts as well. It's been a long week, man. I've had we had <laughs> yeah. uh, counselor planning meetings last week, and then we've had uh, professional development this week. It's been it's been a long week for Steven's brain. Yeah, and we did uh, recap Saturday, <laughs> crossover Sunday. It was day one of school for me on Monday, and the charges episode on Monday. So uh, weekend is almost here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, really quickly to respond to the Stone Smart conversations, there hasn't been a lot, honestly. I don't feel great about his chances of making the roster. I think I could be wrong. I'm just pulling this, I feel like, out of nowhere. I think he played the most special team snaps of anyone last week. He did. You're right about that. You did, yeah. Okay, in there. I don't know if that means anything, but... <laughs> There, that's my final thought. <laughs> Lack of bodies, most likely. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, JC Jackson news. He participated today. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he got beat a couple times by Chris Olave, which apparently Chris Olave is just like amazing, which checks out. Um, so it's kind of been a an up and down experience for JC, I think, overall. But um, you know, like I said, uh, that's part of what this process is going to be like for him. Yeah, I think he had, what, two reps today and supposedly lost. Everyone's losing these one-on-one reps at this point, uh, which is yeah. fine. Derwin lost lost a couple to Michael Thomas, so. Yeah, Popper's right up on Asante Samuel Jr. was not pleasant. No, apparently Asante had a, had a tough day. Uh, and no one's going to talk about who had a good day, apparently, which is, yeah. seems like Jaw Taylor did. But that doesn't get brought up a lot. No, no, it does not. Uh, excited to see Jaw and Dean Leonard uh, this week. It wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't like great against the Rams either. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in. Um, we'll keep you posted about uh, when we'll go live against the 49ers, I guess. Um, but definitely plan uh, Sunday evening-ish after Tyler makes the, the long trek back down from SoFi Stadium. Uh, hope everybody who's at the game, uh, apparently it's going to rain. So take some rain jackets, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> I know it's a dome, but oh, man, that's traffic for you. Yeah. Sorry. 
I guess there's some like tropical storm down there. Has it been raining down there? No. I mean, it's not like, no, no. Where's this storm coming from? Oh, man. Baja. I don't know. It's just, it's just been nice. I don't know. Right. Hurricane season. I'm not paying taxes for this. If I want hurricanes, <laughs> I'll go pay Miami taxes. <laughs> Hopefully it's not hurricane season where Alex is at. Because it's be much worse. Isn't it always that. hurricane season? Isn't it like just like Tuesday for him? Like tsunami Tuesdays? Oh my gosh. Kevin says it's 95% humidity down in Oceanside. That sounds terrible. What That's does that crazy. even mean? Like what is 95% humidity? Just like, that what? it's like super like muggy and like you walk out and you're just instantly sweating. Like what does 100% look like? I don't know. When I was down in Mexico, it was like always consistently like 80, 85% humidity. And I was just like, you're just sweaty all day long. Like even when you're inside in air conditioning, it's just sweat. Dude, if the Chargers get blown out against the Saints and I got to sit in that and then drive home in LA traffic <laughs> and then jump on the pod, I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> we will postpone for the next day. Um, no, never. <laughs> just never. I'm falling that away. Uh, Thomas says 100% equals South Florida. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I got I got my metric there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Appreciate the, everybody for tuning in. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys on Sunday night after the Chargers and Saints preseason game. Appreciate all of you. And uh, have a good rest of your night. As always, bolt up. Bye-bye.